Yo, what's going on? Um, I have a. I have two things I want to say today, and I didn't really plan on having on, on what I was gonna say until right now. Literally, I was turning on the camera. I'm like, all right, what do I, what do I want to talk about today? And I remembered. I've been really thinking about two things. I'll start with the first one, and then I'll talk about the second one. Having an open mind, um, and you'll see how they're related. Having an open mind, figuratively speaking, obviously. Um, it's it's so weird and so difficult to have an open mind, in my opinion. It's very unnatural. Um, we as humans are designed to to seek facts about related to our survival if if possible and and have certainty about them right um like when a tribe member told you don't go by that tree because there's a lion hiding there you're not gonna go by that tree right you're gonna take it as truth you're not gonna go and guess you know double check nowadays we get information and obviously not all of it's true I mean that might have been that. I mean that first situation might not be true either, but you didn't. You couldn't really gamble. But now we can. Now we can double check. That's what we have the scientific method. Um, and so, but so having an open mind is not something that's natural to us. It's not something we were designed to have. Um, so, and especially as we get older, it becomes more and more difficult. And I think one of the biggest challenges with having an open mind is the people, when people, people may feel like they have an open mind and they can point to so many different examples of them being open-minded, but they won't notice the, the areas in which they actually don't have an open mind. They won't notice it because when you have a, when you when you have a closed mind about something you're unaware of your bias to not want to change your mind that's what a bias is you do it without realizing that you're doing it so when you when when you're when you've closed your mind on a particular subject you've made up your mind about it about a person about a situation you're not going to know that you <laughs> that your mind is closed in that particular regard you just won't know Someone else might not even know either because you may because you may be the way you speak about it may not sound like you have made up your mind, but you have and and you don't you don't know no one knows so it's really tricky it's really hard I think and what what is the solution to that? I don't know maybe really do try to question everything in a healthy manner I mean any new information you get maybe question it see why is this true try to understand it instead of just memorize it. Or remember, um, see what's true and what's not. Um, if there are particular things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, whether related to your jobs or hobbies, um, you know, maybe do some research. And like, I think it has to be conscious effort to do it, to be open-minded. Or sometimes, luckily, we have experiences that make us open our mind. Um, if you 
you know, happen to be in a situation where you literally see the exact opposite of what you use, what you thought was the truth, then you are forced to, you know, now integrate this new evidence into your frame of, uh, frame of reference. And then you have to open your mind at that point. And maybe you don't, but then everyone around you, if you are, they're going to know you haven't, because you're going to have a, an interesting reaction to that information, right? Uh, but maybe at that point, now you know, and not, maybe it's conscious, and maybe it's still not, I don't know, but if you're lucky enough, then you'll realize it, and then you'll open your mind and integrate that new information so that you can form a logical opinion, because most of the opinions we have are not logical, they're very emotional, um, and we hold on strongly to our opinions, especially the emotional ones, because we don't know how to deal with the uncertainty of not knowing stuff um especially if it relates to things we like really base our identity around or things that um or specific situations maybe something maybe you have an opinion that you really don't care that much about but you know you have a tiny opinion about it but someone attacks it and you get defensive you don't care about it, but now but this this person is attacking you about it or questioning you. Now you get defensive. So there's a bunch of different ways this could play out. But I think it. I was just. I just had the thought that it's really hard for us to have open minds. And even when we do try our best to have an open mind, it's impossible for us to have an open mind because there's going to be areas where we don't even know that we our mind is closed already. So that was the first thing. The second thing was that I was actually thinking about is having an open mind, but literally. And my, I mean by that, brain surgery. Um, you know, I'm on my neuroradiology rotation right now. And the reason I'm taking it is because I am uh, thinking about applying into neurosurgery. And um, it's, uh, it's just, you know, the more the more research I do in the field, the more I, I learn about it. I've always thought the brain was interesting my whole life. Um, I've loved... The fact that we don't we don't have a clue what goes on in our brain compared to the rest of our organs, um, it is so small, takes up a bunch of energy, a bunch of glucose uh, from our body, the rest of our body, and does work that you know sometimes computers can't even replicate. Um, we still don't understand how so many things about our brain. And it's so cool. Also, it looks amazing, right? Have you ever seen like a, a, a picture of a brain? It looks so cool. Um, wow, I lost my train of thought. Wow, crazy. So ironic. Um, but the, I always thought the brain was cool. There you go. I thought was, the brain was really fascinating. Um, surgery is amazing. But what's really interesting, brain surgery is unlike any other surgery. And I think what fascinates me the most about it is, um, and I'll tell you why I'm, I'm saying all this right now, but I'm just introdu- just letting you know about how I feel about this. But um, the use of robots in brain surgery, I think, is insane. Like, you can have a person who you had just taken an image of their brain, and you can use a pointer to point that to place on their head and you can look at a computer screen and it can tell you exactly where that pointer is pointing in reference to a tumor you're trying to resect 
a ventricle you're trying to get to, whatever it is. Um, and that that's just fascinating. Like, and then the microscopes and whatever, but I think it's cool. Um, the reason why I say this now is because I've been doing some reading about uh, consciousness and how um, there's an area in the brain called the uh, claustrum that is high. It's not, I mean, there, there's things like this are like hard. You don't really prove things like this, but... <laughs> You know, it's been questioned to be this, the, the area in the brain responsible for consciousness. Now, I don't I haven't read the most recent works about this, but I read a paper from 2004, 2005, I think, um, written by the DNA boys, the two guys who discovered the DNA. Um, and uh, talking about the area being, being the, you know, the, the area in the brain responsible for consciousness. And that made me think a lot. So let's say it is true. Let's say that particular area, which is very tiny actually, is responsible for consciousness. So what would happen if you were just to destroy it, if you were to ablate it? Would the person continue to function the way they they usually do, but without without their like their soul, like without their mind being there or what would happen is maybe they they probably what would, i think what would, might happen is well i think i might have read this in the paper which is why i'm saying this might happen um they would be able to perform like tasks that have been you know they've done, like they're, they're ingrained that are in, not less complex and they've done for a while and they're simple less complex and they've, they've done for a while so they're um ingrained um uh in their cortices so they don't they're not like actively using their their prefrontal cortex to you know plan how to do them and stuff um that's one thing but to me it's just fascinating because i went down a rabbit hole like looking at you know how we can use um i mean i've known about this but people i don't think we do that much them a lot of those surgeries where we you know, target areas in the brain to treat depression. Um, we don't do it that often because we have other ways to treat depression. But um, it does show, like the, the 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 some of the science does show that it might be beneficial for us to actually do surgery for people who have treatment resistant depression, depression that cannot be treated in other ways, um, and. I thought that was fascinating because, okay, so now we were understanding the brain, we're understanding different parts of it, and we're we're getting to a point where we might know where consciousness lies in the brain if there is a particular location. We know how to, we, we have an idea of how maybe to treat uh, different mental disorders, movement disorders by, part, you know, targeting particular areas in the brain. Um, we have now, you know, people implanting chips into people's into into brains i don't think people's brains yet maybe actually um to 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 treat certain certain um conditions i think deafness or blindness was was the one was one of the first ones but and this is all and we barely understand the brain right all of this and we still barely understand the brain so what is the potential 
I'm trying to imagine. Can you imagine with me the potential that we have to treat illnesses, either mental disorders or other physiological disorders of the brain um, and improve, not only treat the diseases, but also improve the cognition of people through said chips or other or other ways that we have yet to, to uncover um you know the more that we actually study the brain so the more we study the more we understand the more we refine and develop these technologies these skills the surgeries uh the different techniques the more we'll be able to treat diseases that we currently have and improve upon the current state of health for for people who are healthy improve their cognition, improve their memory, improve whatever it is that, you know, whatever we get to. Um, and I, I, it's just, we're like barely, we haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to that subject, I think. And it might be in my lifetime. I mean, it's probably going to be in my lifetime when we actually get to do those kind of things. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was really fascinating. I was really lost in thought today about it um so i just want to put it out put it out there um brain surgery is cool all right love you guys thanks so much for watching and listening really appreciate it i will see you tomorrow and until then uh please do me a solid and stay uncomfortable peace